take real estate as a shot or as a fully stocked cooler? This is the Five O'Clock Somewhere Real Estate Investor Podcast. We're bringing common sense back to real estate investment. So crack open your beverage of choice, sit back and relax, and allow us to learn you a thing or two. Here are your hosts, Brett Bernard, Glenn Green, Matt Wheeler, and Jeff McNett. Welcome to his Five O'Clock Somewhere podcast, real estate discussion. My name is Brett Bernard. Also with me is my partner, Glenn Green. We are with the Stamps Real Estate Company Investment Division. And I guess the last 10 years between the two of us, we've been selling real estate in Memphis and dealing with investors around the world and across the country. So hopefully today our conversation is going to be nothing more than just couple of guys having a conversation about real estate, give you some good information about the market and about what's happening here. What's going on, Glenn? Where's the beer? <laughs> it's uh, it's five o'clock somewhere. I guess we could get a beer if we wanted to. And that's not a bad idea. I mean, we really just want this to be a casual conversation. We don't want it to be scripted. We don't want it to have, we're not going to be reading quotes from some real estate expert out of California because this is Memphis. This isn't California. So if you're in California and you're listening to us, Today, we hope to tell you and relay to you the importance of investing and making sure you're investing in the right market and why Memphis is one of those markets. So today, we also have with us Jeff McNett, who just got his real estate license. We need an applause sound. Yay! He just got his real estate license, and he'll be, hey, Jeff, you can speak. Good morning. <laughs> so uh, Jeff is uh, a new agent with us, and we also have Matt Wheeler with us. He has been with us for, well, he's had a license for a year, but he's just joined our group recently in what we're attempting to do. So let's move into uh, discussing the real estate market, current market. Now, we all came out of last year where the people were buying property literally as fast as they could get their hands on it. And we would write offers, 10 offers, 12 offers a week, and maybe get one because someone always invariably overbids us, bids over asking. A lot of hedge fund groups were doing this. I've wrestled with trying to understand why. The best answer I have is that I think people realize Joe Biden, what was happening in the economy and what Joe Biden was doing was going to push interest rates up. So they were buying as much real estate at low rates as fast as they could in preparation of rates going up. The second theory I have for the hedge fund groups is that in a down economy or a recession, what always follows that? It may take three years, may take two years, maybe five years, but something significant follows that, and that's called a recovery. And anytime during a recovery, you watch real estate values and assets go up very quickly, and there's large gains. And I'm assuming that the, the hedge groups saw this coming, bought up thousands and thousands of houses across the country, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to hedge their bet against a recovery coming in two to three years, maybe as early as 2025, and turn that into a significant profit. Yep. That's it? That's your opinion? Yep. <laughs> that's my opinion. <laughs> Jeff, you got it. Glad Jeff or Matt, y'all have any? Uh, I mean, yeah, you pretty much hit the nail, nail on the head with that. Of knowledge this morning. Thank you. Well, I wrestled last year hard with understanding why it was going on. And those are the, my two theories. I've talked to other investors about that. They have the same idea, the same theory. I know a lot of my investors purchased a lot last year ahead of the anticipated rate hike and being able to get their hands on cheap money, which you can't do today. Now, it doesn't mean you can't make money in real estate. I've still got a lot of investors buying. But 
they're buying for long-term buy and hold, long-term gain. They're not buying for immediate massive cash flow or increase in equity. So it's they're a difference in, in strategy, strategy yeah. overall. Well, majority of investors today have to use a similar strategy because let's face it, you can't, in today's market, you can't go out, buy a house and flip it and double your money because there's too many unanswered what ifs out there. You go out and you pay 30 grand for a house, you're going to have to put 40 or 50 in and it's valued at 100,000. Great. But let's say that $50,000 rehab now all of a sudden tomorrow goes to 55 because supply chain issues, lumber goes up. Or you buy it and then you go to turn around and sell it on an occupant market, but interest rates go up again. Now you've got less buyers that are willing to pay that for that property. So you've got to have a substantial amount of room in that flip to make it a safe bet because you literally could break even or lose money at the drop of that. So that market to me is kind of dried up. I still got some investors that are doing it, but they're only doing ones with, with a massive amount of spread in it. Most of my investors today are buying, even if they break even on the cash flow, banking on the recovery and the raise in rents over the next three to five years. So they may buy a property today for a hundred grand and only rents for nine fifty a month, but they know and they are they're confident that within two to three years the house is going to be rented for eleven hundred dollars a month and it'll be worth a hundred and ten to hundred and fifteen thousand. And they're having to take that slow walk approach to it. But if you start today, I have one investor who's twenty seven years old and we did the math on him buying properties today at current interest rates, current values, and where that would be in 10 years. And he's estimated that if he holds them for 20, that he will end up with approximately $2 million in real estate, cash asset value on these particular properties that he'll own free and clear, which he can cash out and now have $2 million either roll into a different investment, roll into more real estate in 1031 or retire. So I think that's a good solid strategy. I think I would retire. <laughs> retire? Yeah. I don't want to retire. I'm going to work till they put me in the ground. Or I fall off my boat and drown, one or the other. So. Now, I kind of get the feeling that pricing has started to slow down a little bit. You know, we you could property pricing kept going down, down, down. And uh, lately, it, it just seems to me like there's more deals out there. You can still find them. Yeah. You just have to look harder for them. You have well, to know what to but look that, for. that brings me back to a conversation I just had yesterday with, a, with an investor. They think, and if you live in California, you would believe this because if you look at California real estate, Arizona real estate, New York real estate, Florida real estate, they have seen 20 to 25, somewhere upwards of 30% drop in value. In Memphis, we've maybe have seen two to 3%. So, the same question comes up all the time. Why is that? Why is Memphis that odd little market? So I've started calling Memphis the blue chip stock of rental real estate because it never really tanks and it never skyrockets, right? When the other countries are jumping 30 and 40%, we're jumping 10. When they're dropping 50%, we're dropping five or six. And we've had this conversation many times. It goes back to the fact that 49% of the people inside the sea limits rent. So because we have that large of a renter pool, most of them work in distribution. They don't make a ton of money. They live paycheck to paycheck. Because you have that many renters available for your rental property, it makes Memphis a sound investment because you can always find a tenant. But at the same time, because there's always going to be someone wanting to rent your property, that keeps the rental market values steady, which then falsely props up the whole housing market in Memphis. Now, while we know the housing market in Memphis for owner ox is really slow, 
In the investment world, people are still buying because they know I can get a tenant, I can cash flow, and I'm going to gain equity eventually, and I'm going to go up in my rents eventually, and it's going to make sense. It's going to make sense versus going to Nashville and spend three hundred grand for a dinky rental property you can get a thousand dollars a month out of. With that said, the Memphis market is a blue chip investment market. You're never going to get rich overnight here, nor are you going to lose your ass here. You're going to pretty much have a slow, steady growth. And if that's what you're looking for, Memphis is a place to be. And by the way, if you need to reach out to us, you can give me a call at 901-692-7401 or call Glenn. 901-301-8368. Yeah, just give us a call. We'll be glad to talk to you about real estate. Even if you're not interested in buying yet, we'll be glad to, to talk to you. I've trained a lot of young investors. You trained a lot of young investors. And um, we've had to deprogram them away from these real estate seminars in California where they charge you 500 bucks and tell you you're going to be the next Donald Trump. You're not going to be the next Donald Trump. Unless you've got a half a billion dollars to invest in commercial real estate, you're not going to be him buying one and two rental properties. You can build great asset wealth through long-term planning and long-term investing in real estate. That's probably the comments I hear the most from my investors. Most of them that are under, say, 40 years old. Right. They're saying, you know, I'm doing this because I don't want to do what I do every day for the rest of my life. I want to just live on my rental income. And I mean, let's face it, if you buy 20 properties a day and they're producing 15 grand a month, then in 20 years they're producing 18 grand a month. But those properties are now paid for. So you have two choices. You can liquidate those assets and reinvest that money for income, or you can just live off your real income at that point, which you're pulling in 18 grand a month off those properties, you could easily probably count on at least picking up 10 to 11 after your expenses and management and repairs and so forth. So yeah, it's a good sound investment process, but you can't go to your boss and say, screw you, I quit because you will be broke and you will be starving to death because you're not going to make a ton of money on one property. So, you know, you go with it from the perspective of volume and long-term. No different than you know, putting money in an IRA or a 401k, you don't, you're not going to get rich overnight, but if you keep doing it for 20 years, you'll have a substantial amount of cash built up that, that will be good for you during your uh, retirement. Jeff, you used to do a lot of flipping. I come from a background of, of buying rehabbing and flipping properties. And of course, you know, this was a lot of this was going on in the mid nineties when the typically it was a seller's market. All the conditions were, were right for something like that. You just put a sign in the yard and it sells. Put a sign in the yard and it sold. Any anything you wanted anywhere. We same areas you guys are working in: Fraser, Raleigh, Hickory Hill, Bartlett. Our our typical house range. Twenty years ago, starting this, or twenty five years ago now, starting this was probably seventy five to one hundred and ten thousand dollars. The investment game's a little new to me. I've always been one of those uh, quick cash cash flow kind of guys, and it wasn't until I got in my mid-40s that I realized that I needed to build some uh, long-term residual income. That's how I got interested in the, in the uh, investment end of it with, uh, through Brett and Glenn, so I'm, I'm pretty much here on the front end of this, uh, learning as much as I can. This is all new to me, but other than that, uh, Brett, I don't want you to have to repeat yourself, but could you maybe back up and explain to a potential young investor in particular? I, I'm, I'm always a cash is king kind of guy. I've always bought houses with cash, rehabbing with cash, 
flipping for profit. Can you explain the benefits to a potential investor that may not have a, a whole lot of upfront cash flow as far as mortgaging these properties? I mean, I guess the main benefit would be you're leveraging you know, somebody else's money besides your own. But can you kind of explain to me how that process works? Let's, for simplistic reasons, let's just use a round number of $500 a month for a, for a mortgage, insurance, and taxes on a rental property. That property, then you you have your your management fee of say fifty bucks a month, so now you're at five fifty in cost, and that house only rents for six hundred dollars a month, so your net income is fifty dollars a month. You will be nothing close to that. That's really low, but for that purpose, let's talk about it from that that perspective. Why would an investor want to leverage money to buy that rental property? Well, number one, they probably don't have the cash to pay cash for the house, so they have no choice but to borrow the money. And yes, that eats up your cash flow potential. But if you're looking at it as an investment and a tenant moves in paying $600 a month, you have a tenant paying your mortgage, you're putting money into your investment every single month for you, right? Versus if you buy the house and you're writing the check every month for the mortgage and the taxes and insurance, you're just continuing to put more money into this investment that you may not get back. But as long as there's a tenant in place, the tenant's making the payments, which covers the taxes, insurance, and the mortgage payment and the management fee, and you're still making a $50 profit, you're still better off doing it that way because over time, that next year that rent may be $700, the next year it'll be $750, the value will be instead of 60000 it's now 70000 So you're gaining equity, you're gaining income, and building your assets value, but you're not putting it out of your own pocket. You're not taking your hard-earned money out of your job and doing it. You're allowing a tenant who lives in your home to basically add money to your investment, put money in your investment portfolio every single month. And that's why the young guys do it, because they realize 30 years from now, I want to have 40 properties that have an asset value of $3 million. And during that process... I'm not investing $3 million. I'm investing $70,000 a house and allowing the tenants then pay in, making sure I have money to pay the mortgage, pay the taxes, pay the insurance, and take a little profit off the top and take my wife out to dinner. That's gravy for them. That's a new way of looking at investment. Buying a property today and expecting three years from now to flip it and make 50000 on it because it's going to raise that fast. Yeah, you can do that probably in California. You can do it in Arizona. But you also run the risk of it being worth $50,000 less than you paid for it five years from now. The two biggest strategies are get rich quick, which very rarely works, or long-term slow growth strategy of investing. And the way you do that is you leverage the money. If you got $100,000 available to you, would you rather blow hundred grand on one house or would you rather take 30000 times three and buy three homes? What makes more sense? We'll take the three homes. That'd be a good start. Yeah. And then a couple of years go by, those assets increase in value. You refinance it, pull out another hundred grand, and do what? Buy three more. Right? As long as you're, you're keeping them rented and those tenants are maintaining your payments and expenses on the property, your investment's improving, assets growing, rents are growing, you're on the right track. As long as you get away from this, I'm going to get rich tomorrow. I'm going to quit my job Monday because I'm closing on my first rental property. Out of $1,000, you can feasibly, between expenses, mortgage payments, taxes, insurance, management fees, you can reasonably expect to keep about $300 a month per house today. And that obviously will grow over time as your rents go up, but you're not going to get $1,000 a month out of that property. 
Well, the benefits I see in it, I'm a uh, long-term stock investor. You know, that's like a roller coaster. I've It's a minute-by-minute roller coaster. It's uh, literally can change, you know, with a, with a blink of an eye. And, and I've done well long-term, uh, but I've also taken a hit. You know, it's, not, it's nothing to take a $200,000 hit. It may take you a year and a half, two years to recoup. <laughs> The benefits that I see as a new guy in the investment world is if, you know, start out with two or three properties, work your way up to 10. Now you've got residual, what I would almost say guaranteed income. I mean, I don't care how bad the economy gets, how bad the market gets, uh, people have to live somewhere. That's right. And, uh, and so in Memphis, because to me, that so income renters. is always going to come in. I mean, there are rare cases, you know, where someone gets laid off or loses a job and, and you have to work with somebody, understand all that. But overall, good times or bad times, I've got residual income coming in every right. month. Well, and you can you can look at this in a reverse direction. People are like, well, you're, you're saying I don't have uh, this much money invested in this property. But if you look at it from perspective, you take your 30000 a property that you've invested, right? The rest you've leveraged with the bank and the tenant's paying your mortgage. Then what do you truly have invested of your own hard-earned cash into that property? $30,000. So if you take that $30,000 you put down on that property and 10 years from now, it gains $50,000 in equity position and is now creating $4,800 a year in income. That's almost $100,000 that you've realized from that $30,000 cash investment from your own personal bank account when you bought that property. Because as long as you're not making the mortgage payments, your tenant's paying rent, you're covering your tax insurance through your rent, you're setting aside your potential rent profit for repairs down the road, and you're not reinvesting more money, then you truly are sitting there looking at a $30,000 investment that you've just made $100,000 on. If you do the ROI calculations, it's unbelievable. When we talk about young investors today, listen, I get old dog investors too that have been in this game a long time and they call me and they're going to school me on what they're going to do and how they're going to make it work. And they're calling me from Arizona or Vegas, you know, where they've become millionaires in real estate investing in the last 30 years. And I tell them, this is Memphis. This isn't Las Vegas. This isn't LA. This isn't Nashville. This is Memphis. You're never going to see that what you want to do here. They want to give you, well, I want to offer them the market's soft. Well, good. We can do that all day long, but you're just wasting my time because no one's going to accept that offer because they don't have to. There's still enough people buying, still enough investors in Tokyo, Japan, and Israel and around the world that are buying these things up as fast as they can get them. And they're buying them at market value. Your old way of thinking in Vegas about, I'm going to go out and offer seven cents on a dollar because the seller's panicking. No one's panicking here. No one's panicking in Memphis. No one's stressed out about selling their property. Properties are still moving. If you look on MLS, there's still a lot of inventory. From my perspective, I'm still selling a lot of real estate in a high interest rate, nervous economy, somewhat of an unstable real estate market across, you know, nationally. I'm still selling real estate. And that's the reason why. It's because these younger investors understand the long-term benefits to buying real estate, even if interest rates are high. Does that answer your question? Don't ask it again. <laughs> this is the 5 O'Clock Somewhere Real Estate Investor Podcast. Like what you're hearing? Give us a call at 901-130-1970. I don't care 
about Vegas. I don't care about Nashville. I don't care about California. What I care about is making sure people understand the Memphis market is probably one of the safest and hottest places to buy rental real estate. You got to come here with the perspective that this is a blue chip style stock. This is something where you're going to get slow, steady growth. You're never going to lose your butt. You're never going to become a billionaire. But eventually, if you play the long game, you will easily have one of the smartest investments in the country. For more common sense real estate tips, listen and subscribe at 5oClockSomewherePodcast.com. The 5 O'Clock Somewhere Real Estate Investor Podcast is a Sound Ideas Group production.